The politician responsible for invoking never-before-used measures which resulted in the violent crackdown of the Freedom Convoy is expected to testify this week at the Emergencies Act hearings. That's right, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and several of his cabinet ministers will appear before the Public Order Emergency Commission to justify the government's use of the act. After weeks of empty shelves, over 1 million bottles of children's pain medication will arrive in Canada starting this week. A Conservative MP says CRTC Chair Ian Scott walked back comments on the government's controversial online censorship legislation because, quote, he told the truth by mistake. The Green Party of Canada has elected a new leader. Well, sort of. Hello, Canada. It's Monday, November 21st, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Jasmine Moulton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will testify this week at the Emergencies Act inquiry. Trudeau and several of his cabinet ministers are expected to appear at the Public Order Emergency Commission to answer questions about the Liberal government's controversial decision to invoke the never-before-used Emergencies Act to quash the Freedom Convoy. In addition to Trudeau, officials expected to testify include Defense Minister Anita Nan, Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino, Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair, Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra, Justice Minister David Lametti, Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc, and Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Christia Freeland. Jasmine, wow, as I was reading that list of cabinet ministers, I thought, that's a lot of people. Is this list going to end? That is quite a lengthy list, Anthony, and I don't think that we're going to hear much from this government that we haven't already heard before in question period. A lot of denials and a lot of differing narratives from what we've heard from other witnesses so far. Well, here's what I think might get interesting, though. Previously, we have said uh, all throughout on these episodes that consistently the testimony has been from senior policing officials, uh, senior government officials, public servants, not politicians, basically admitting, no, there was no reason to invoke the act. And if it's just Trudeau testifying, you say, okay, it's one politician against, you know, 10 senior law enforcement officials. I feel like maybe they're just trying to overwhelm the committee now, waiting until the last days, thinking that, you know, the most recent day is the one most in people's memory and overwhelm them with six, seven, eight cabinet ministers, however many you want to say, oh no, there was actually almost more people at the committee saying it was necessary than there were saying it was not. This is a government with a lot of political strategy. So we'll see what is to come this week. But one thing that we know is that this government is very likely to apologize for things that Canada has done, but not so likely to apologize for things that this government itself has done. So I think Canadians will be watching closely to see what Trudeau has to say this week. No, so true. And I I think you make a good point that we've heard a narrative consistently from them in question period and elsewhere about the convoy, and they are not backing down on their narrative that the convoy was very violent, uh, that this was absolutely necessary, despite the testimonies we heard from others saying, no, it wasn't. Over to you, Jasmine, for the latest on an announcement that parents are going to be quite happy about. On Friday, Health Canada announced more than 1 million bottles of children's pain medication will arrive in the country's hospitals, pharmacies, and retailers beginning this week. Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Sapriya Sharma 
told reporters that Health Canada is exploring all levers at its disposal to remedy the critical shortage of medication and understands this is a very challenging situation for parents and healthcare providers. While this may be a relief for many families, drug shortages in Canada persist. According to Health Canada, 800 drugs are in short supply and 23 are at critically low levels. Anthony, drug shortages have been an issue in Canada since earlier this year. So why did it take Health Canada so long to act? Not many people can actually answer that question, Jasmine. We've heard a number of theories, such as how bilingual labeling requirements have held back getting these drugs in needed for kids. Health Canada says they're now dealing with that. But it still makes you wonder, how could this have persisted so long and have so many parents talking about it and the problem being so obvious i've told my personal stories about my kids being uh pretty sick this season going around trying to find drugs and and the stories about the bare shelves i mean it's not just sort of one twitter photo that's been overplayed i mean it's it's everywhere and it's real and it's a persistent problem the shelves are constantly bare now anthony when it comes to things like inflation we hear the government use the defense that it's happening everywhere but what's different with this pain medication issue is that it doesn't seem to be happening everywhere we've heard a lot of stories including some anecdotes you've shared on the show as well about neighbors or friends bringing back pain medication for children across the border because these shortages don't seem to be affecting our southern neighbors or frankly, many countries around the world the same way. So what's different in Canada? What's going on here? I think this question is one of the reasons we've heard so many people say we need more parliamentary discussion about this. Uh, We need committees asking these questions because the answers remain pretty opaque. For Health Canada to announce more than 1 million bottles are arriving, okay, isn't this more of a free market? Why aren't the drug providers just allowed to bring it in en masse when they realize there's a supply and demand issue, which would be to their financial benefit to solve? For the government to say, we are bringing in 1 million bottles, it kind of sounds like state central planning or something. I I don't feel too comfortable about this. I think there are a lot of parents watching closely what will happen next. Now, over to you, Anthony, to talk about controversial Bill C-11. Conservative MP Rachel Thomas says that CRTC Chair Ian Scott walked back comments that Bill C-11 would lead to the policing of online algorithms because, quote, he told the truth by mistake. So back in June, Ian Scott told the Senate Standing Committee on Transport and Communications that the Trudeau government's controversial internet regulation bill could be used to mandate web platforms manipulate their algorithms to ramp up some content and, well, effectively shadow ban other content. However, Scott walked back those remarks last week, telling the same committee that, quote, unfortunately, my previous remarks have been taken out of context by some witnesses that have appeared before you. Rachel Thomas, who is the conservative heritage critic, told True North that the issue was not that Scott's comments were taken out of context, but rather that, quote, He told the truth by mistake and now wants to walk it back. Thomas also told True North that Mr. Scott has rightly pointed out that Bill C-11 will mandate the CRTC to require platforms to use algorithms to bump some content to the top of the page and keep some content out of sight. This is done in the name of promoting Canadian content, something that isn't defined in the bill, she said. Thomas went on to ask, why should the CRTC have the power to determine what is worthy to be called Canadian. Jasmine, lots of suspicion and skepticism about all of this. You would think that the CRTC chair is able to be clear on his remarks, but the fact he has said conflicting remarks 
I think encourages people like Rachel Thomas or content creators, YouTube, TikTok creators, or just the general public to be suspicious. Are, are we right to be suspicious here? Absolutely, Anthony. Freedom of expression is one of the backbones of the freedoms that we enjoy in Canada. And although Canadians might not agree with what a lot of YouTubers, for example, are saying online, they still believe very strongly in their ability to express it. Now, we've seen some Canadians, such as Jordan Peterson, for example, a famous uh, psychologist and intellectual, uh, he has only recently been reintroduced to Twitter. And there are a lot of Canadians that may not agree with what he has to say, but defend his right to say it nonetheless. So especially when it comes to government determining what Canadians ought to see, that doesn't sit well with Canadians. Now, Rachel Thomas told True North that she hopes the Senate rejects the government's bill. But how likely is that, Jasmine? The Senate rejecting bills isn't all that common. Exactly. The Senate has been known to send a few bills back to the House for reconsideration, but overall, it really is not part of the tradition of the Senate to reject bills. And of course, the Conservatives, the party most opposed to this bill, they do not hold a majority in the Senate currently, so it seems quite unlikely. After years of disappointing election results and dismal fundraising efforts, Green Party members named Elizabeth May as their new leader on Saturday night. May, who campaigned on a joint ticket with Jonathan Pednault, led the party from 2006 to 2019. May won the leadership race on the sixth and final ranked ballot with over 4,600 votes. Pednault will be deputy leader, though May says she will seek to amend the party's constitution to allow for a co-leadership model. Since May stepped down as Green leader in 2019, the party has suffered from internal dysfunction that was routinely aired in public first under former leader Annamie Paul, then with current interim leader Amita Kuttner. True Norris Noah Jarvis reported on the Greens' leadership race, highlighting many radical policies candidates were proposing, including a guaranteed livable income, the withdrawal from the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, green social democracy, and more. Anthony, Elizabeth May often sides with the Liberals in the House of Commons, and the Liberals and the NDP have all made climate change a plank in their platforms. So, frank question, why does the Green Party still exist? No, that's a very good question. I remember back in the election when Stefan Dion was Liberal Party leader, he was really focusing on climate issues, and I think part of that was one of the reasons uh, why the party did not do very well in that election. And Elizabeth May was the primary political leader who was very focused on these green issues. But now, I mean, I've often said that Justin Trudeau is, is not a, a prime minister who just happens uh, to care about climate issues. He is a climate activist who just happens to be prime minister. I mean, his primary driving issue is obviously uh, his concern with, with climate change matters. So what is the relevance of the Green Party? I can't really answer that question, aside from pointing out that wait a second, there were 4,600 votes? I mean, that's not a lot. What was she running for? Sort of Catholic school board trustee here? Exactly. You raised some excellent points there, Anthony. And we all know what is said of people who do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. So I've got to ask the question, do you think that the Greens are going to do any better with May in back as their leader? No, I don't think so. They saw their peak in the 2019 election, and then their votes were declining after that. And I think some of this is just fringe, odd stuff, definitely dealing with the enemy Paul issues, and then the previous interim leader, 
that followed just after her, Amita Kuttner. A lot of drama going on. This co-leadership thing, I think, is really confusing to people. They're, they're really a sideshow now, and I think they will probably just continue to decline. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.